This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Welcome to AutoCorrect. We're helping you correct your auto problems. Our host is the lady auto mechanic, Allison Walker, ASE certified. I'm Liz Gill. Hello, Allison. Hey, Liz. We're going to talk today about what information does your vehicle collect about your driving ability, your vehicle's performance, um, who gets that information, what can be done with it. Let's all learn together. So, Allison, you've talked before about the OBD2 and all the computer business that's in your car. What kind of information does your car collect? Right now, um, that is what is not being disclosed by the car manufacturers, what all information they're actually getting. So... Well, now, when you get a check engine light, Mm -hmm. your car computer does know, oh, you've got a problem with your emissions. You've got a problem with your gas tank. So Mm -hmm. it it does store some information actually on your car. Is that right? Yeah. Well, the thing is, you have multiple computers in your cars these days. So, like, your infotainment has its own computer that's down deep in the dashboard you have a computer you have computers all over over actually and they run on a CAN bus system to talk to each other so the information I've gotten that to to even figure out what all is actually being stored on those that's not disclosed and it's very hard to get into there and figure out what's going you cannot reach this from your obd2 port like you can your your that stuff that was mandated by law for you to know through your check for your check engine light and stuff like that right now the other information that's being collected by your car is completely unregulated right now oh all right now there is some way you can access some of the information in your car. I know my daughter has a insurance car insurance policy with a big uh, car insurer, and she got it's a sticky thing that goes right by her rearview mirror, and she has to have her phone on Bluetooth, and that records that has an app, and then that records information about her driving Mm -hmm. and then that is sent from the app to the car insurance people and she gets a discount Mm -hmm. with that and that's different because that's using gps and which is monitoring speed and those things and that's coming just from the phone that's not what the car is recording okay so with her i guess what so what kind of things with the gps could your car uh could be could be transmitted out Oh, uh, with just a GP, I don't know. That's kind of a different topic, really. Um, more what I wanted to focus on today is what the manufacturer's information they're getting from oh, okay. you, which is um, telematics. It's, just, it's what information is your car gathering. So the GPS, yeah, you can, obviously they can get that from even when your phone's connected through. And that's simply your phone. You don't know really where what all information is recorded on your phone. But what is your car recording? And and that's the thing is like that information, they are not disclosing that information right now. And it, so basically it can record fuel level, how much fuel's in your car, how much oil's in your car, um, your weight, what your mileage is on your car. 
I mean, it, there's a lot of information going through. It actually also has your contact list of your phone. They actually can see who all you have on your phone as your contact list. All that information is available. Oh, I'm so excited to learn more about this. Yeah. We're talking about what information does your vehicle collect about your vehicle's performance and your activity? Who gets it? What can be done? We are learning about that together. We're talking about accumulating data from your car. Our email address for questions is auto at mpbonline.org. Allison, is there a transmitter in your car, in the OBD2 or somewhere in your car that transmits this information? That's all through your Wi-Fi connection, which can go through your phone. Once you connect it, all, all the information that those computers in your car store can go straight through your phone through the connection and then to your car manufacturer. They actually started transmitting data through OnStar back in 1996 with General Motors was the first to start doing that. So we, OnStar's a yeah, big one. Yeah, we had OnStar but they, but they all do it. on our our car and mm-hmm. of course you know we used it when it was free mm-hmm. and of course when we stopped paying for it after it was free and my son locked the keys in the car and so we said oh well, that's fine we've got OnStar well but we weren't paying for it and so we couldn't turn it on to unlock it then and I could I, I said well can I buy a subscription right now and they said no you have to push the button to start the subscription. So even even that didn't help. But so on my, you know, I have um, I have a van with nothing. <laughs> well, I mean, mm-hmm. it doesn't have Bluetooth. Mm-hmm. And then I have a Civic that does have a Bluetooth. So mm-hmm. with the Civic, if I have my phone on Bluetooth, I could understand how that could uh, you know things could go on but with my van without any kind of bluetooth does it record or can it send any kind of information a 2007 some cars did have what's kind of like a black box in an airplane and if you had a car accident records if you were pushing the brake at that time that sort of thing and then uh insurance companies could um, get in there and see what your car was doing at the time of an accident. I don't really know the range of what all cars had that or when they started doing that, but that is a thing. Okay. Michelle, did you have a question? I do. I actually have a statement that can maybe light the phones up. Uh, Allison yeah. and I were talking maybe two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was looking at my car. We were mm-hmm. talking about the newfangled cars and things like that. Tell me, how challenging is it for a mechanic to deal with the cars with Bluetooth and, all, like you said, all these uh, electronics in a car? Is it better, or was it better back in the day when the cars were more simple? It's by far not better. I've been a long shot. I'll give you an example. When I started working at the automotive group, my coworker had a Mercedes in that the steering column had locked him out from the security setting off, and he, and he couldn't just replace the steering column and it worked. He ended up trying probably about five different auto hacking software that he ordered and bought and had to figure out how to hack the system just so he could change and get it where you could drive this Mercedes again. Okay? And the car was actually drivable, but you could No, not, it wasn't drivable well, at all. Well, meaning... 
nothing technically like you said wrong right it's just the security had locked up the steering column we had to replace the steering column and then hack the security on the steering column so that you could function make the car function and in a simpler it would crank it wouldn't turn and in a simpler world i've actually had that issue in an infinity i had Mm -hmm. it was a uh, security issue and believe it or not a security issue on these newfangled cars you can't drive the car and it's like the motor works the mm-hmm. engine works even know? the old school security system could set them down but now you're talking about like a computer right. where you're not where before you could just go reset it or 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 take your battery cable off for a minute and fix it um like i said he was not able to use a scan tool three thousand dollar scan tool that all shops have to reset it like you would normally. He had to literally hack the computer. And, and another simple, Even the dealership couldn't do it. Right. And another simple uh, thing to me is win- uh, windows. Remember back in the day, Liz, when the, you had your windows and you rolled them down? Yeah, we still have a car that has Right. That. No, we and have two cars. We have two cars that have Really? That. And if the window, I remember, got off track, you can mm-hmm. kind of put, the, especially a mechanic, it was easier for a mechanic to put a window back on track now with everything motorized and computerized. I mean, it's it, everything costs more. We have a car that's computerized and fancy and nice, but it costs more to get one little thing fixed. It's like, is it a, it's a catch-22 almost. That's, that's right. the thing uh, that uh, I was discussing with a coworker one time. I was like, and I had come to this conclusion quite a few years ago, maybe like 15 years ago, that the technological advances that we're making in society are supposed to make our life easier and better, but in my opinion, opinion i overall i'm just seeing where it just seems to make thing everything is just much more expensive in some ways it's of course obviously it's better like facebook you can, you can keep up with all your friends and family and see what's going on which is wonderful but you know in a lot of ways it's just it's out it's made it where things are unaffordable very unaffordable i do like what you said earlier about uh and liz you guys talked about having the technology in the cars you can look at an accident maybe the insurances mm-hmm. can use that information to see what actually happened mm-hmm. that's kind of a good well, the, a positive thing that's would be great if you could access that that's that you can't access it and that's what's one thing that's just kind of scary like i'm saying like they just they store so much data but it's they're not even telling us what they use they're storing well they're not really disclosing what they're using before but we do know they are selling it to third party companies so we do know that we're just not really they will not they refuse to disclose really what and they're actually they, going we're on talking about the, all car manufacturers car toyota man- gm oh, all wow. of them none of them are giving us enough information Maybe a tech person can give us a call. That would be great. Well, we, that do, would be great. we do have an email from someone who has investigated this and awesome. is very excited to share what they've, what they've learned. If you've got a question, send us your emails, auto at mpbonline.org. We're talking about your vehicle's data. Is your car under recall? We've got a list of ones that are. You're listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio.
Join us each week for Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. We have an IT expert, a computer repair ace, and we troubleshoot your problems on the phones as well. Everyday Tech, Wednesdays at 10 on MPB Think Radio. Download the podcast now or listen on YouTube on the MPB Think Radio channel. Your old car is kind of like that hairstyle you had in high school. Really cool back in the day. But that old car is still cool when you donate it to MPB Think Radio. Go to mpbonline.org for details. Then sit back and enjoy the ride. Now that's cool. listening to autocorrect with allison walker the lady auto mechanic that's i think that's a catchy name <laughs> i'm liz gill if you want even more autocorrect do find our podcast on all podcasting platforms for your smart devices autocorrect is heard on mpb think radio thursdays at 10 a.m with a replay saturdays at 11 let's get to some recalls 2020 through 22 Jaguars Land Rovers are recalled for seatbelt issues, but the dealer will inspect and replace the seatbelt assemblies as necessary for free. 2021 Ford F-150s are recalled for a seatbelt webbing. Dealers will inspect the front belts, and if they need it, they will be replaced for free. You can find out if your car has a past recall by going to the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration's website, nhtsa.gov slash recall, and put in your VIN number or find their Safer Car app. Today we're talking about the data that your car collects. Very interesting on what we know and what we don't know and what we know that we don't know. But we're also taking your vehicle repair questions. Our email address is auto at mpbonline.org. And we're going to Philadelphia and talking to Kurt. Kurt, thanks for calling into AutoCorrect today. What's your comment or question? Just what you were talking about with the information, um, I have a 2020 Nissan Titan, and uh, it has the phone app that you can lock and unlock and tells you all of your vehicle information. Uh, but about probably once a month or so, uh, when I call the vehicle, the first thing on the screen is uh, asking me permission to send that guy. I wonder if Nissan is the only... Uh, vehicle manufacturer that's doing that, or if, if all of them are asking permission to send that data like Nissan in. That is something that they're actually starting to implement as a feature on the newer cars. So the, um, the older ones that are getting a lot of telematics from your car and your 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 information didn't have that option. This is something that they're starting to do. Now, this is a thing, just to keep in mind, that that is still a very unregulated thing. So what they're actually cutting off and what information they are still getting and gathering is not regulated at all. So they can basically say here... Do not share this information, but you still don't really know what exactly information you're getting. That could, and it's probably going to be different between car manufacturers, is when you push that button to turn that off and turn off your permissions, is, does that mean everything from your phone? Or what all, you know, does that actually mean? That, that could be just the information from your phone, but yet all the information from your car is still taken, and then they're probably still selling that information to, to companies that benefit from knowing your information so it's, it's like i said it's still unregulated you're not real sure what what information is still being shared kurt that is interesting 
Rod even thought about that because I use Apple CarPlay, which I love on the vehicle and the, the big screen with all the apps on it. That's all great, but had not thought at all about Nissan and having all the information that's on my iPhone. I'll be honest, you're not alone. This is all kind of recent to me that this is being... This is really just starting to hit airwaves, to be honest. We're breaking news today on MPB talking about this. This is this is very new. They have a huge conference on it in October about it in Detroit, which they're really making it very hard for people to access. They're charging a lot of money just to view it. So, I mean, this is just hitting hitting the the global news. Well, thank you so much for that. I mean, I mean, it, it should be our choice, obviously, what information to share, and uh, if we don't even know that. Our information is being shared that that feels sort of crummy yeah it's a it's problematic in a lot of ways but they have a lot they benefit from it so so much it's i, I don't see where we're ever going to be able to stop them from from doing what they're doing it's going to be it'd be it would be a hard push for consumers to be able to to stand their ground because we all need cars and they know that so basically the asking for my permission uh is just something to make me feel better <laughs> Quite possibly. I don't know that for sure, to be honest. And the thing is, I may never know. Thank you, Kurt. We appreciate you sharing. If anybody else has had this happen on their vehicle, we would love to hear from you. We're talking about telemedics. That's our that's our word for the di- the day, boys and girls. Telemedics. T-E-L-E-M-A-T-I-C-S. We've still got an email. We've got uh, some news. But we also want to go to Madison and talk to John. John, what's your comment or question for AutoCorrect today? Thanks for calling in. Be data now. This is going to take us back a little ways. This is, I'm trying to find someone locally they can work on a carburetor. And, I mean, we're talking about adjusting airflow and fuel flow. What car is it? Down to, it's a 62 Ford Thunderbird. It's a 390 motor, uh, four-bell carburetor. Why can't you do it? <laughs> well, I can get it to a point, but, again... This Might need a new carburetor at that point because it should be pretty simple. You can rebuild it, and if it's something not working, then it may be something structurally wrong with the carburetor. No, it's it's solid as far as the carburetor. I can get it to a point, but see when you when you tune in one of these, it's got to work specifically with the timing as right. well as the transmission on the shifting. Honestly, so I'm not real sure if there's shops that that do that as as a living. Of course, there's a lot of hobbyists and and that sort of thing. Um, off the top of my head, I don't particularly. There's a there's a shop called Extra Mile Automotive. Uh, my friend Josh owns it, and he does tuning and things like that. He might can help you figure out. And he's, like, in Pearl, I think, and he can he might can get, kind of push you in the right direction with that. Right. Well, that's all I needed. I appreciate it. And that's called, uh, again, was in June? Extra Mile Automotive. Extra Mile. It's my it's – my, uh, my dyslexia, my ADD kicking in. No, I understand. It's a lot of information. Very good. Well, I appreciate your time this morning. Enjoy listening to your program. Thank you so much. Thank you, John. Allison, remind us again, we know that uh, the continuum of cars has changed. Uh, We are doing OBD2. There was OBD before that, and carburetors are no more. Uh, About when did that happen? Um, Let's see. Well, they started going to, like, um, uh, throttle body injection, which is like a— 
the it was like the next step after carburetors and they did that for a while and then they uh they so it's it's um 70s 80s 90s I'm not a carburetor girl, so I really don't know. I've never worked on one. Okay, um, so, so the and that's the thing too. It's it's, it's so outdated. Like you know, so an antique me- a mechanic who specializes in in antiques would be what you might ask these for. days. Yeah, because it's like your modern shop. I mean, you have people who are enthusiasts who are going to know about that stuff, but we're not taught carburetors in school anymore. Right. And it's, okay. we do not work on this. We just don't. I don't. Yeah. I never, I've never gotten a request, except for someone asked me to come work on their, like, hobby yeah. cars or classics or something like that, which I, don't, I just don't do. But um, when they started, it was probably 90s, early 90s or something like that, when, when you started seeing, like, carburetion really move to fuel injection. But fuel injection was happening. Corvette was one of the first cars that ever did it back in uh, – like the 70s okay we've got a lot of things we're talking about today well a lot of things we want to talk about today telemedics is our word for the day talking about the data that your car keeps and stores and accumulates one thing my husband uh, travels a lot for business and usually rents a car and of course uh, if you're if you're driving by yourself, a lot of times you want to be hands-free, and you might pair your car with a uh, – if you're uh, pairing your car uh, for uh, a rental car. But if you do pair your car uh, with a rental using Bluetooth, what what should you do when you're finished? The – the Bluetooth, well, do you need to, to clear it? Go into the computer and clear out any stored data that it had on your phone, which is this is such a new thing for people to even think about that. But it basically keeps all your contact information and everything in there, your personal information that, that you, you probably don't want. So, like, an, another person could come in and see all your info and use it. So you, you want to leave as much information. You, you know, you don't want to you have your personal information out there for strangers. So being that said, if you're renting a car, should you use the Bluetooth capability in a rental car then? Maybe I think not. it would probably be better not to. Yeah. I, would, I would. Now that you're saying that, I would feel less comfortable doing it, knowing that, like you said, anyone else is going to get in. Everyone, you don't know who's going to get in this car. And uh, like yeah. you said, maybe you possibly get your information, and you don't know if it's truly swiped or cleared. Right, and then it's probably different between different cars. What kind? How you go through and delete it? Right. So it's probably a little bit problematic just in in that alone. Mm-hmm. And then a lot of people just are not that savvy, you know, with with going into your mm-hmm. infotainment and, and and utilizing it. It can be confusing. I do have another even quick on older question. cars. Um, I don't know if you could answer Bring this. It's more, t- no, Bring it's it. more technical. <laughs> but well, I'm asking because you can do two ways with uh, Bluetooth. You can set it up to where it gets uh, it does it like you said uh, do the through the Bluetooth your phone connects to your car or you can physically plug in your Accord in the car. Is it the same? Robert, Are you talking about through the auxiliary yes. and the USB? Is that it, is not the same. So is it safer to use the cord if you want to play some music in your rental in rent a car? Uh, safer using the cord because you're not using the Bluetooth capability. I'm doing air quotes right now. I guess right. you're not using the Bluetooth capabilities. No, I'm pretty that. sure that you're you you're stereo your infotainment mm-hmm. system does not have access to files through an auxiliary cord. That okay. is not a transfer file cord. 
you don't use that to transfer files on your phone any whatsoever right. so that that I'm, I'm assuming that's not it's not able to to mine information so from your better. phone in that okay. way mm-hmm. well the auxiliary cords are <laughs> i don't think they even put them on new cards but they anymore. do they do usb do ports. They? yes you're right that's they what i'm saying you can plug no, the usb that it may that is a way to share files on your phone in general is through a usb connection so that might can they might can still mine your stuff i don't know that for sure okay we have to ask the guys on everyday tech this question our email address where you can send questions is auto at mpbonline.org we're discussing data your car collects that's called telemetrics between your car repair questions what's in the news i'll tell you next you're listening to autocorrect on mpb think radio The information presented on this program is meant to provide general information about the topics discussed and is not necessarily the opinion of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. The information presented does not create any type of relationship between the hosts and guests and the listening audience. Please consult an appropriate professional for guidance about your concerns. I'm Allison Walker, the lady auto mechanic, host of AutoCorrect. Try my podcast, AutoCorrect. We help steer you in the right direction with your car problems. Find me on any podcast platform or at autocorrect.mpbonline.org. Hello, I'm Dr. Nancy Lotridge-Anderson, president of New Perspectives, a fee-only financial advising firm and co-host of Money Talks. For over 10 years, Money Talks has been answering your personal financial questions and sharing knowledge about money management. Money Talks can be heard Tuesdays at 9 a.m. on MPB Think Radio. Podcasts can be found on our website, money.mpbonline.org, or on your smart device's podcasting platform. Get your MPB car tag anytime. It doesn't even have to be up for renewal. Simply go to your county office to sign up. When you get an MPB car tag, a portion of the fee helps MPB continue to educate, inform, and entertain Mississippians. For details, visit mpbonline.org slash car tag. We'll see you on the road. Thank you for listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. Allison Walker, the lady auto mechanic, is our expert. I'm Liz Gill. I hope that you have downloaded our app for your smartphone, the MPB Public Media app. In addition to listening to our show on the MPB Public Media app, you can click on the support button and make a contribution because contributions keep our programs on the air for you and for others to enjoy. Thank you so much for your contributions to Mississippi Public Broadcasting. AutoCorrect is heard on MPB Think Radio Thursdays at 10 a.m. with a replay Saturdays at 11. In the news, Tesla, a Tesla that a driver says was on autopilot, crashed into a stopped police car again in Orlando. So we want to, it did not move over when the car was pulled over onto the side. And just a reminder for everyone in Mississippi, Mississippi does have a move over law, which requires drivers to move at least one lane 
away when they approach an emergency vehicle that is parked on the roadside with flashing lights. I got a ticket for that once. If drivers don't make room, <laughs> they risk getting ticketed. And I know secondhand that the ticket is $250. Yep, it's so expensive. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> You're, we're, and so if you are on a two-lane road, mm-hmm. one lane going one way, mm-hmm. one lane going another, and there's a police officer stopped mm-hmm. on the side, you have to move into the oncoming traffic lane and if there is oncoming traffic you gotta stop wait for that oncoming traffic to pass so that you can scoot over we're, we're trying to save you some money folks we're talking about car data but mostly we're taking your vehicle repair questions email your questions to auto at mpbonline.org Shout out to our Kevin, the IT guy, who reminded me that hot rod shops also do carb adjustments. There's just so many of them. So, it's, there's not. That's I'm being very sarcastic. Okay. They're not on every corner <laughs> so these John, days. So, John, find out where the, the hot rods go. Is a 62 Ford Thunderbird considered a hot rod? Not Technically, okay. that would be probably like 30s and 40s. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Let's go to Andrew in Oxford. Andrew, thank you so much for calling into AutoCorrect. What's your comment or question? Hi, my name is Andrew. I'm calling from Oxford, Mississippi, and I wanted to discuss uh, or just ask some questions about uh, diesel trucks um, and things like EGR deletes or DPF deletes. Are those legal in Mississippi? If they're not, what are some alternatives that people can do to improve gas mileage or performance in their vehicles? The reason, and they are legal in Mississippi, the reason they are is because no one checks. So you're you're okay to do that here. Okay. So then if I'm driving interstate and for whatever reason, if I got pulled over, there's no issues, right, since the vehicle is registered in Mississippi? That's right. Sweet. Well, that's cool. Well, I appreciate you. appreciate your show and taking my call. Y'all keep doing what you're doing. Thank you so much. Thank you, Andrew. And, Andrew, just so that you know, on our July 1st episode, we had Charlie Melton on as uh-huh. our automotive expert, and he is a diesel mechanic, and he's going to be with us next week, too. So anybody who has a diesel questions will be able to go into those more in-depth next week but thank you andrew we appreciate you calling let's go now to robert who's on the road robert be extra careful be sure to give a pulled over emergency vehicles one lane uh space but what's your comment or question for autocorrect today uh yes ma'am can you hear me i can loud and clear okay thank you uh yes uh i have a 2007 Ford Explorer Sport Track. About uh, a sight unseen. Um, what it does is, for the most time, it drives normal, it cranks normal, drives normal the whole night. When it gets a mind, which could be every uh, once a month, and maybe uh, every other day, just whenever it gets a mind, it will have trouble cranking and have trouble uh, running to just crank. It'll cut off. And sometimes when you do get it to crank back, it's, it's, it's about to stop, like something is congested in it or something. And uh, uh, when you do get it cranked and it's running, sometimes it just loses power. It just, you know, 
to just uh, it won't accelerate until it makes up his mind it's going to accelerate. Like I say, it may do this uh, maybe once every two months, may do it once every other week, maybe once every other day. It's it just in a bit. Uh, so I'm at my wits end. I've taken the TV to a Ford dealership and they changed the throttle body and everything that they put, found on the diagnostic has been changed already. Please help me. Um, you could be maybe like your fuel pump going out. That's kind of an old school conclusion. And these days they just have a lot of sensors and different things that affect the vehicle. This is kind of something, since it's intermittent, it's might be a little bit harder to diagnose because everything's everything that you're going to read through data that you could get from the computer on the car is going to be all probably reading fine while it's driving fine but then you'd have to wait until it messes up and then check everything and see what is actually going on with a car or when that happens do the do a fuel pressure test that sort of thing so you you know that's that's kind of something you might would um, bring to the shop just right when this problem happens. And yes, it, with the dealerships, sometimes they don't do intense diagnostics. They kind of deal with more simple things on cars. You may have to find like an independent mechanic that is really into high-end diagnostics. A, a lot of the younger uh, a lot of your more passionate mechanics are, you know, like ASC certified or someone that or you want to talk to them and see if they have experience using the data on a scan tool to to diagnose what's what's actually going on or diagnosing your type of problem i would i would call and see if you could talk to people before you bring them their vehicle and see if you can and get it looked at that's the kind of thing like it's probably going to have to be happening you know at that time for them to diagnose it right okay okay that's where that's where i am right now um and Matter of fact, the diagnostic shop that I spoke with this morning, because it just started acting up again this morning, and it just so happens that their machine, uh, their internet or something, may have been affected by the storm. So I just got to wait. God bless you, Robert. We hope you take care and can get that fixed. So, uh, Allison, if if it won't crank and he th- he suspects that it's the intermittent problem it, should you have it towed then uh so you don't get it to crank and uh, zero out all that data that's a good idea okay that is a very good idea all right well let's go to bob in madison bob thanks for calling in to autocorrect today what's your comment or question for allison the lady auto mechanic ase certified uh, my question today is, my name is Bob, and my question is concerning the RX350. I'm wondering, do you, uh, it's a 2017 model, and it kind of gives a hum and sound when uh, it, it accelerates from the stop position. Okay, Bob, we uh, got we got to have you make the humming sound for us so we can <laughs> uh, know what it sounds like and kind of make fun of you. So what is the humming sound? Mm, it's kind of like, um, well, I had an ES350, and when it accelerated, it didn't didn't make this sound. But now when I bought this uh, RX350 2017 model, it's kind of a, a kind of a hum and sound. It changes. Is it just on acceleration, or is it like when you're driving down the interstate or driving down a road? 
uh, just when you accelerate from a stop position. Does it sound rotational or like it's in the engine? Uh, it, it could be in the engine, but I kind of doubt it. It's the same engine that the ES350 has. It's the same engine that's in Right. So, so I would think that it would, if it was in anything, it could be in the transmission. Uh, it has an eco on it, the ES350 that I had did not have that eco on it. Someone then does that, would that affect uh, uh, acceleration? What was it you were saying that was? What are you calling that? It's an uh, Lexus RX 350. What was the the thing you were saying was different from the ES? I, I couldn't quite hear you. Uh, the thing on the ES is uh, when it changed gears, you could hardly tell it. But now with the RX, you can tell it. Hmm, I don't know. That's something that I would have to kind of look into. Um, have you ever had your transmission fluid maintained or? Yeah, it's been it's been serviced. Okay, and I that's was good. Just, I was just kind of yeah, I was kind of wondering had you heard any anything on the wire about uh, problems with the Lexus RX. I'm, I really those cars they're so super reliable they they I'm sure it's something minor I, I feel like it more than likely it is something something minor something you could do is literally google 2017 rx350 hum own acceleration literally put that in google okay. that's that's one thing I would do to you know without seeing the seeing the car you know to to do that and see it try to figure out exactly what's going on Okay. All right. And see if other people have had that problem. Uh, that's that's right. that's one thing you can do. But hum on acceleration, I'm kind of like you. Like it does kind of sound like it may be a transmission thing going on, but I'm I'm not real sure. You know. Okay. Okay. Thank you much, here. Good You're luck, welcome. Bob. Yeah, you've mentioned that before, Allison. Uh, what are ways? What what are? Where can you find other owners of the kind of vehicle you have? On forums, pretty much every car has a forum, and you jo- you sign in, you make a little account, and then you can go in and and search and and go through the forums and usually find really good information. I had looked for days for information for my Prius on putting in just just tweeters, something very simple, right? Couldn't find anything anywhere, and then finally someone suggested on a on a on a forum on another format. For Priuses to go look at a specific Prius forum, and I managed to somewhat find some information. It was kind of magic. So, so forums are wonderful. So sometimes data sharing is good when right. you choose to share your data. That's kind of a joke because that's what we're talking about today. We're discussing the data your car accumulates and taking your repair questions. You can send us an email to auto at mpbonline.org. We've got a new car review from Casey Williams coming up. Okay, now this one... This one I'm kind of interested in. I was so interested in after listening to this one, I went 
to YouTube and listen to his longer one because this is a vehicle that would have room for my dogs and my suitcases. So I'm, I'm kind of liking this one. This is AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. Here's a new car review from Casey Williams. It's Auto Casey on AutoCorrect. If you're looking for a sophisticated European crossover at a more affordable price, the vehicle we had this week might just be what you're looking for. It's the 2021 Nissan Rogue Platinum Edition. From the outside, very sophisticated. Brand new styling from end to end. I really like the LED headlamps with the driving lamps up above. 19-inch alloy wheels, floating roof, looks very nice. Inside, all the luxury features. Quilted leather seats, heated in the front, heated in the back. Tri-Zone Automatic Climate Control, Bose Audio, and all the crash avoidance systems. Under the hood, a 181 horsepower four-cylinder engine. It's connected to a continuously variable transmission. And you're looking at 25 miles per gallon in the city, 32 on the highway. Price starts just over $26,000. This one all in, $39,685. See the full video on his YouTube channel. Auto Casey and listen to AutoCorrect on the MPB Think Radio YouTube channel. On Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit, you get information about foods you should eat to stay in good health and tips on how to stay active. I'm Dr. Josie Bidwell, host of Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit and Associate Professor of Preventive Medicine at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. Listen to the show every Monday at 11 or subscribe to the podcast by searching for Southern Remedy with your preferred podcasting app. This podcast is a local production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting and depends on the support of listeners like you. If you can, please donate today at mpbonline.org. And thanks. This is AutoCorrect. If you've missed any of our program, you can find the whole show on our website, autocorrect.mpbonline.org. AutoCorrect is heard on MPB Think Radio Thursdays at 10 a.m. with a replay Saturdays at 11. I'm Liz Gill, but our expert is the lady auto mechanic, Allison Walker, ASE certified. Let's take these uh, last couple of calls. We've got Michael in Florence. Michael, thanks so much for calling into AutoCorrect today. What's your comment or question? Well, good morning. Morning. Congratulations to Allison for racing SCCA. I raced it many, many years ago. I, I, I raced an Austin Healy Bug Eye Sprite. Ah, I've driven one. Yeah, it's great cars. <laughs> Look, I have a I have a Sorento. It's a 2008, and I'll try to condense this. It's a lot of history. I'll do it fast. I bought it from a deal, from a used dealer in Florence some years back, and it right away started going into uh, intermittently started going into what they call limp mode well they cleaned out the throttle body i got it back it went okay for a year or so and then it started doing it again all right well i took it to a mom and pop shop they couldn't fix it they took it to their other store they had two two places they couldn't fix it they ended up keeping it five weeks finally they put in a new computer and because they kept it over a month, they didn't charge me. They emceed me. 
Well, it started doing it again here a while back, a few months back, uh, a couple months back. The dealer has it now, and they are telling me, I need a wiring harness. And the wiring harness isn't in stock. They don't know they can get one, and it's over $3,000. It's hard for me to believe that it needs the wiring harness. So what do I do? Take it to me. <laughs> do what? Bring it to me. I can well, guarantee you that's... Even if it was the wiring harness, it wouldn't cost that much. But okay. I don't know. That I don't really like the sound of that, to be honest. It's, it's really rare. And usually some sort of damage has happened to cause the wiring harness to go bad. It doesn't just, like, go bad. Well, <laughs> and it's usually a section of the wiring harness, not the whole wiring harness. So I'm not, section of I'm not it? Sure okay. The beauty of it here, the car is a 208. It does not burn a drop of oil, period. And it runs like a top, except for this issue. That's great. Um, it, 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 it may be something minor. It really, it may be. I'd, okay. That kind of well, I'll bring it to you. feel That's like they're jumping to conclusions, okay. maybe. On our Southern Remedy shows, the doctors always say, don't be afraid to get a second opinion. Right. right. Well, I'll bring it to you, Allison. I appreciate your show. I do. Thank you. Okay. Bye. Thanks, Michael, for calling in. Let's go to Biloxi and talk to Steve. Steve, we're so glad that uh, you've called in today. What's your comment or question on autocorrect? Hi. Yeah, I've got a 2018 Ford F-150, and I uh, tow an RV with it. Um, and for a while, uh, when I stop for gas and I go to start the truck again, uh, it goes dead. Now, if I just wait a while, then it'll start up. And um, I did some research on it, and one of the forums, they said something to the effect that um, there's a computer controlling the battery. And I, I took, the, took the truck into a battery shop, and they said it had good voltage and uh, cranking amps were good. And I was just wondering if there's... Uh, any way to get around that, or uh, do I just have to live with it? I doubt that's what's going on with it. Um, when it's not cranking and you turn the key into the crank position or own position, are your lights and dash on, but it's the engine starter's just not engaging? Yes. Then your battery's working. So something else is, is going on there. Um and you say when you let it sit for a minute and then crank it, it's, it is working? It works normal. Right. Um, it sounds to me like you you have maybe, the, I'm, I'm not really sure without checking it out, but like your fuel is not at your engine. It's like your fuel pump's not priming it correctly or it's all dropping back off the fuel rail. And when, and when you go to crank it, it's not there. And then it takes a minute and it primes up. Um there are some uh, definitely some other things that can affect that too on a no start that's the thing about a no start when that happens is that there's a lot of things versus back in the day where it might have been about five or six things that would cause it now there's there's a lot more to factor in like crank the camshaft position sensor can cause your car not to crank if it's reading incorrectly just to give you an example so there could be some other things going on yeah but i kind of doubt it's the battery and I've tried to, uh, you know, like turn off the AC, turn off the headlights, turn off the radio before I kill the engine. And that seems to help a little bit. But um, 
the the form I read said something about temperature and uh, and the computer controlling the battery. Um, okay. not f- not familiar with that myself. Okay, is that something you think the dealership should be able to handle? The thing about dealerships, um, from my experience, a lot of times they're not really dealing with your more complicated diagnostics, and they kind of deal with more simple things. And if it's not something they can kind of look up quickly that's already in the computer as a, as a common problem with the car, which would be called a TSB or something like that, they, they usually don't know how to diagnose it further. So dealerships, you, you kind of just, usually dealerships just kind of do like basic diagnostics and stuff. So you would want to take it to a shop that specializes in, in higher-end diagnostics. Take it to a shop, Steve, an independent uh, ASE certified mechanic. Check a forum. We have so much information we didn't get to. Please go to our website today. Go to our podcast today. Allison's racing next week. Yep, I won't, I won't be here. But So we're going to have Charlie Milton as our guest mechanic. So we hope you can tune in. That's wrapping us up for AutoCorrect today. Thank you, Kevin Farrell. And thank you, Michelle McAdoo, for being on the team, the pit crew. For Allison Walker, who you can follow on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as the Lady Auto Mechanic, I'm Liz Gill. Thanks for listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast.